This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Kenilworth Road is the destination for Manchester City this weekend as they look to put an end to a difficult run of form. Will it be more worries against Luton or can City finally kickstart their season? It's Friday the 8th of December. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. And I'm Alex Brotherson. And this is the City Reports Podcast. It's here for Gundogan! It is a thrilling start for Manchester City. The fastest ever goal in an FA Cup final. 2023 is the City treble year. Champions of England, FA Cup winners, and now... Quiet week at the office then, guys. Nothing really to speak about. So I guess we'll kick things off with everybody's favourite Christmas film. Um, Ollie McCall, what are we saying? Oh, oh, I'm going to be basic and say love, actually. It's, 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 probably the only, it's probably the only Christmas film that I actually have noticed I watch every year without fail. Not even intending to, but I just always end up watching it. Fair enough. Alex, any up in love, actually? It's a classic, by the way. I love it. Yeah, um, it's similar to Ollie. It's it's one that I watch every year. I don't know if it's technically a film or a TV production, but okay. The Snowman. Um, I always watch The Snowman. Um, I don't know. It's just I would a classic, never have guessed that um, for you in a million years. There's know. about a million things that I said before that. No, absolutely fair enough. I just love it. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it is quality. Um, I'm going to go. I think Love Actually as well. Funnily enough, I only watched Love Actually for the first time two years ago. Um, wow. But yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah which wow. probably says more about me but yeah it's, it's wonderful um looking forward to cracking into that and, and obviously let's crack into some uh football chat as much as it might pain a few people but I, I tell you what having slept on the aston villa result um 
and, and the situation. Obviously, we did our our debrief with Joe and Alex Michelle on uh, Thursday's show. So if you haven't, you can go back and that sort of a real sort of immediate raw reaction emotionally, um, sort of speaking through City's problems and whatnot. But I, I'm feeling weirdly positive, Ollie, going into this sort of coming out of it moreover, because I think we'll get into Luton and the problems that may that that may pose um, on Sunday afternoon. But I feel like that that City possibly needed that kind of performance because the results had been bad before it, but the performances hadn't necessarily been bad, nor had they been good. They'd sort of been here and or there. Whereas there was, objectively speaking, Aston Villa was a, a shit show. I feel like City kind of, kind of maybe needed that kick up the arse to, to properly get the season into gear. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, it's just it's quite funny to me that you know a week ago I was on this podcast before the Spurs game talking all things positive. This is going to be the start of a winning streak. We're going to get it underway, and then we're sat here a week later. You know, a draw and a loss to the good, and uh, everyone's kicking off the outrages in force. But yeah, like you having slept on that game, you know, w- waking up a day later, it just. You can look at it and go, we didn't have Rodri, we didn't have Grealish, you know, two of the most important players for control in this side. It was obviously going to be an absolute mess. Um, there's things to look forward to, I think. You know, maybe mm-hmm. maybe this is me trying to just be super positive, put a good spin on it. But um yeah, maybe maybe City did need a, a performance like that. You know, the result the result is here and all there. You know, you could tell pretty much from the opening minutes of that game, I think after you know, Haaland's chances in the 11th minute, City's only chances of the game. It was clear which way, it was clear which way that game was going. I'm surprised half of City Twitter didn't lump on Villa to win by half time, um, to be honest. But yeah, you know, mm. it, it kind of feels like that is a kind of nadir moment for City this season. And we've had a few of them over the past few years where it's been one or two games which have just been like, okay, that was low, that was bad. And then the improvement comes. Um, you know, maybe it's not the ideal team and not definitely not the ideal setting to be going for a kind of raise raising hopes and emotions about a game. But um, yeah, Luton Town presents an opportunity for City to just get this season back under track because it can't get worse than that, surely. Yeah, um, and I think that's kind of where my positivity has come from because you start looking at it going, okay, everything else from here is, is upwards. Um, I want to read out this tweet from our very own John Ashley. Um, it's not games like tonight, obviously referencing uh, Wednesday against Aston Villa, that lose you titles. It's the games you draw and should have won. Um, long way to go in the season, but the margin for error is so fine now. I responded to it by saying, absolutely this, you know, I thought he was spot on. You account for bad days at the office in title winning seasons. That was what Aston Villa was it was just a poor performance City City were beaten by the better team but not getting three points against Chelsea Liverpool Spurs and and I'll throw this to you Alex for me anyway is infinitely more frustrating than losing away to probably and this may seem bold but I think Aston Villa right now in terms of balance performances and results are the best team in the Premier League obviously they're not top of the Premier League that's Arsenal but I think Arsenal have rode their luck a little bit and you do need that in a title winning campaign but just in terms of uh, that that was a pure scintillating display from Villa. I think they're up there with the best. It's the games where City dominated Liverpool, Spurs, to a lesser extent Chelsea. That was more individual errors that have really left me feeling frustrated. Yeah, no, I mean I don't think it's it's um, it's bold at all to say that Villa. Are, I mean, I, I guess on the, on the the form table, Arsenal are the best team right now. But like, well, yeah, actually, Villa Manchester are right United are, which is which is bizarre in terms of the last five matches. Um, yeah, yeah. Man United. Um, as well. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're. they're 
clearly one of the best teams at the minute, have been all season. Um, I feel like it's, yeah, just gone a little bit under the radar because I think people thought, oh, they'll just drop off soon. But yeah, they're clearly a very good team and Unai Emery's doing great things there. But yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I think the, yeah, it was never going to be easy, was it? We all said before the game, missing Rodri particularly, and then obviously having the lack of options in other areas of the pitch uh, just sort of dictated the team selection a bit um, and other players coming back from injury and that kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's the games where you dominate and you really need to be finishing finishing it off. Um, and like, you know, as you said, those free draws, like, yeah, on paper, drawing with Chelsea, Spurs, Liverpool isn't like the end of the world because they are the big names. But like when you actually watch the games and you look at the stats and... And, and you look back at those matches, it's it was clear that City could have and probably should have won off, maybe with the exception of Chelsea, but definitely Spurs and Liverpool should have taken all three points. Whereas last night was just a downright bad performance, a great performance from Villa, but just a bad performance from City as well. And those games happen. Um, so yeah, it's definitely more frustrating, I think, the the Spurs and, and Liverpool games. Um, but I don't know if we're, we might go into this, but I, I'm, I'm slightly, maybe not quite as up, beat as you Amos but at the same time I've seen a lot of discourse on on that that uh, interesting place called City Twitter which is um, <laughs> yeah a lot of people saying it's worse than like in January and but I, I don't know my feeling that it is it's not um, I, I, I'll stop there just in case you're going to go on to that but like my feeling is that it's not as bad a situation no, it was it was the next point on my on my sheet and I'll, I'll stick with you Alex because obviously you're touching on it there but I totally agree, and I think it's it's fair to draw comparisons because I do think maybe more emotionally than in terms of sort of style of play where City are, etc. You know, it does feel like we're in a similar sort of spot. And obviously, I said it yesterday, but um, the World Cup pushed City's bad patch up until January and February last last season, where obviously no World Cup it, it's it's coming now, which is kind of the time it usually does. So um, we all know what this is; it's happened before. But I, I agree, like last sort of January, February felt dismal and I think if anybody had told me at that point that we'd win one trophy I'd have been shocked and I would have probably said it had been the Champions League, maybe the FA Cup but it just felt like City were in a rut the kind of in a rut this time around and and again I go back to it, it it's clouding my sort of judgment of it because we've had those three games against Chelsea, uh, Liverpool and Spurs where City were, for all intents and purposes, the much better team. And then there's been this game against Aston Villa, which was just, it just it was the brain fart of a performance. So I don't think there's much you can take from that. It's more going back to the games where City should have won. And, and then you do look back at the season and go, oh yeah, that was potentially where points were dropped. But Alex, like I said, I'm coming back to you, but I totally agree. I don't think it's nearly as bad as it was in, in January and February of last season. Yeah, I mean, because, uh, well, yeah, January, February last, uh, this earlier this year, it was, there was kind of system issues that I think we're seeing now. But obviously one of the big things that was so serious that Guardiola decided to go public with it was the sort of the attitude problems within the squad and you know the whole sad happy faces thing and like I think that is an issue which is just harder to solve it's and toxic. in the end it, it was did. toxic wasn't it yeah and obviously that led to Cancelo leaving and after that I'm not saying you know that was the thing that fixed it because there was other members of the squad uh, who stayed and ended up playing really important roles in the in the treble wins uh, in the treble win but like yeah it was on paper, it's like, well, how do you solve people having a bad attitude? It's not like, 
it's not like say the system issues where Rodri's not playing. Obviously, Guardiola still hasn't really figured out what to do or what's best when Rodri isn't available. But yeah, at least you can see what the issues are. Last night, it looked like there just wasn't enough creativity in midfield because they had to play Bernardo and Foden on the wings for lack of other wingers, which meant you had like a Kanji Stones, Lewis in the middle, which, yeah, they're all great footballers, but it's not the most creative, sort of dynamic midfield free you've ever seen, is it? Um, yeah. Whereas I think it's... And yes... At the minute, there's a problem with individual errors. You know, in recent games, we've seen Ruben Diaz be well below his normal level. We've seen Edison perhaps concede a couple of goals that he should have saved. We've seen, um, you know, Doku make a mistake against Spurs that resulted in a goal, Alvarez as well. The, that's not something that you can just go on the training pitch and Pep will be like, right, stop making mistakes and that's it. Like, that's that's a hard issue, like the attitude thing. But mm-hmm. I think in general, mistakes you know, people just stop making them. And I think with the attitude thing, that was a bigger thing to overcome. And the fact that Arsenal were just, well, that's a different issue, I guess. But the fact that Arsenal just looked like they just nothing was going to stop them for a period last season. Mm. So I, I f- I'm, at the moment, I'm feeling more optimistic than I was um, in kind of late January uh, last season. But I guess we'll see. It's still, it's still December. Yes, we're on a similar number of games into the season as we were in the difficult patch last season because the World Cup kind of postponed the season a bit. But um, I don't know, if we get to sort of this time in early January, maybe mid-January and performances still aren't right and City are five, six, seven points off the top, then I think it's time to be more concerned. But it's just too, it's just early days and like, yeah, can everyone just chill out? Can we, can we, <laughs> can we have a, a universal call for City Twitter to just to rein it in? And not become mm. the most unbearable fan base on social media because it's heading that direction. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, a public service announcement I think many of us have called for in the past multiple times before. Um, I, I get ex- exactly what you're saying. I think it needs to be uh, echoed as well. Um, I obviously criticised the performance and the results, but since they have just played Chelsea, they've just played uh, Liverpool, they've just played Tottenham. That's and, and obviously Aston Villa, objectively speaking, they are four really tough matches um, for City. And I think that the, the litmus test will be, obviously, Luton's coming up and that's going to pose its own problems. But after that, City have got Palace at home yes that's been a bogey team in the past but you know it should be it should be a win I know you know I know you're laughing Ali because I'll, I'll come to you in a second but you know we know what's going to happen there but it should be a win then it's the likes of Everton Sheffield United Huddersfield in the FA Cup Newcastle away that's going to be horrific not looking forward to that but Burnley Brentford Everton at home before Chelsea come in mid-February and then if you look ahead to March I know this is going a, a, a lot ahead but those fixtures we've just had sort of come back around again so it'll be interesting to see where City are then what I'm getting at there's a there's a run of winnable games in that sort of 10 game chunk for City to go after but my question Ollie because I don't want to be sort of and even Jurgen Klopp was asked this um, yesterday about uh, do you write City out the title race? And he just said, that's the biggest joke I've ever heard. I'm not going to say do you write City out the title race because obviously you don't. But do you think for the first time this season, City aren't favourites to win the league and one of Liverpool or Arsenal are? No. No, because City aren't the okay. favourites until they've, until they've absolutely near, near enough locked themselves out of it. That's just the, that's just the way the City team is. You know, were they... Were they not? Were they considered second favourites in eighteen nineteen when they were when they just beaten Liverpool at the Etihad in January? Were they second favourites? You know, chasing it down a couple of years ago and then having to win it on the last day against Villa. You know, this is just you know for a lot of last season we were we were still favourites. Everyone was just waiting for that run to come and it came. 
Um, so I just see it like that and t- until I'm, until I've, until there's more proof that this run that we're always waiting for isn't coming, then no, I, you can't write City out of the, you can't write City out of the title race, but you can't write them off as favourites either. One, because I don't think Arsenal look as good as they did last year. I think they've got problems in midfield. You know, Kai Havertz has started scoring goals, but is he, the, he's not really been the perfect replacement for Granite Xhaka, who was, as his name suggests, Granite in that midfield. He was a real. He was he was a proper henchman of that midfield, and they are clearly. You know what, Ollie, that's much the first like... time I've ever you. That's the first time I've ever heard anyone say that. So fair play. That that, that yeah. rightly got a chuckle. Fantastic, you know. But that but that, but that's it. And I look at Liverpool, and I just see a team that looks a bit like us at the moment. You know, they're, they're very capable of scoring a lot of goals, but they do actually look like they concede. They could they can concede a few as well. You know, what was it four three against Fulham um, at the weekend? You know. When, when you know, they started off last season conceding two to Fulham on the opening day. You know, this is a team that are still not great defensively. Um, as much as Trent Alexander-Arnold gets all the praise in the world, his defending still hasn't improved that much. Um, so I, th- I, th- I still think, you know, Arsenal-Liverpool are relatively even. I think City are just in their kind of typical, we play crap in the winter. You know, I don't know what it is about the winter months at this club, but, you know, maybe the Portuguese lads and the, and the Spanish and all this. They're so used to the winter break, the hotter weather, and it all comes back to bite them when it get, when we get to December and November and January. So, you know, it's I won't write, I won't write them off as anything until late January, February. You know, if we, if we come out of January and, you know, we're still in the FA Cup, we're still within touching distance of the title. And then obviously if we have a nice draw in the round of 16 for the Champions League, then this season it's not the mil- it's not going to be a million miles away from where we were last year and we want to treble. You know, Pep Guardiola said the other day, you know, if if we win the treble back to back, I'll retire. I don't yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to happen. I think you'd have to be stupid to think a treble's ever going to happen. But if it's still possible, then I don't really see what the problem is yet. You know because the thing is we, we against against Villa. We missed Rodri and Grealish, probably our two most important players in terms of controlling the ball last season. In terms of the treble win, put them back into this team against Luton. It's this. It's just going to look more cohesive. We're getting Kevin De Bruyne back in a few months. Depending on what state he comes back in, it may take a while. But it's Kevin De Bruyne. He's just kind of capable of miracles, even at you know seventy percent fit. You know, it's, he's not as fluent. He won't. He definitely won't be as fluent. But it's going to add something to this team that it's clearly lacking. Um, you know, and Pep's going to find a way to find a way to build that midfield again. You know, I, I don't think Bernardo out wide is the right thing to do at the moment. I think he's got to be inside in the midfield, and you play Foden out wide now. I think last night, uh, I think against Valeri, kind of shown that Foden is mm-hmm. probably the man to go to on the right wing at the moment. Um, it's just all these little things. One, I think once City get their ducks in a row, then they'll start. Then they'll hopefully start flying. Um, but yeah, it's just. I think the mantra last season was keep in touch with Arsenal and then when we play them at the Etihad, that'll be the turning point. And it was. And I think it's going to be relatively similar this time, except, you know, the turning point could be a game at Anfield, um, which Mm. City's record is far from great. But I think even holding this Liverpool side to a draw at Anfield is a pretty decent achievement at the moment. So, you know, if we can keep keep it within touching distance, then, you know, I think City will turn it around and get away with it in the end. But, you know... You never know. You never know what can happen. We may, we may get another injury. We may, you know, Rodri may continue this stupid, you know, getting suspensions every few games. It's, you know, things may happen. But on paper, which is how we have to look at a title race, especially in December, I think you've still got to consider City the favourites. 
It's only six points. Yeah, I don't think it's... Yeah, absolutely. It's only six points. Um, I don't think it's a, a shock, really, the fact that Rodri's had um, a yellow card suspension this early on in the campaign. When you look at the way City have been playing and, and you know, it's been down to him to either stop counter-attacks by interceptions, tackles, or in some cases, fouling. So um, maybe that's something to dive into later on. But we'll call it there for part one. Join us after this short break. We continue the look ahead to the weekend match against Luton Town. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season, and the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report podcast. Like I said before, plenty of episodes for you to go back and listen to, to plug the gap in between now and Sunday. Um, Alex, if I'm, if I'm, to, I said this before the Villa game, if I was to pick, a, if I was to sort of pick a game that I didn't want City to have after the weekend and after the performances and after the results, it'd be Aston Villa away. If there's a game I would, would, wouldn't want them to have after just being absolutely roundly beaten by Luton Town, uh, by Aston the Villa, it's Luton Town away, uh, got there in the end. Um, this is about as strong a Barclays narrative as you could have, isn't it? City going to Kenilworth Road and, and losing, I don't know, 2-1, 3-1, Yeah, although at least it maybe it means we'll get less of the tweets about, oh, look at the away end, it's in someone's back garden. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously Luton aren't exactly in great form and they are down near the bottom of the table, but when you look at their home record in recent recent games, the games they've lost have all been by one goal at home at mm. Kelmworth Road. So I don't think it's going to be an easy one. You know, to score three goals against Arsenal. Um, you know, obviously they beat Palace, a fellow struggler, to hold Liverpool to a draw. I saw that game and they were really impressive against Liverpool. Um, perhaps unfortunate not to not to get more than a draw there. Um, yeah, it's. Probably it's going to be a, an intense atmosphere, you know, like it's, I guess, all the cliches, really. It's a small ground. It's very, all the fans are near to the pitch. It's, I don't want to, it sounds disrespectful to say it's like a cup final, but it's a mm-hmm. big game for them. You know, they've never played City in the Premier League, um, a team managed by Pep Guardiola. That's a massive thing for Luton in their first season in in the Premier League. Um, so... So yeah, it's definitely not going to be an easy one and you'd want, if City were playing sort of, well yeah, they have been playing okay against, you know, Liverpool and and Spurs in particular, but then yeah, to have such a stinker in midweek, it's going to be tough. Um, But on the flip side, I guess it's, you know, if you want a game, we'd probably be more worried if they were going into, you know, Newcastle away um, (laughs) or maybe even the Derby or something like that, you know, off the back of of the Villa performance. So it's probably not the worst game, but it's definitely not, um, you know, maybe Luton at home would have been a bit more, you know, mm. a bit nicer to have. But it's obviously it's a game that you'd expect City to win. 
perhaps there'll be the you know a bit of a point to prove that kind of thing. Um, you'd think that Guardiola would be sort of uh, kind of hammering the players, getting them, you know, making sure that kind of performance doesn't happen again that we saw on a, on Wednesday. So it's not going to be an easy game. But if if Luton's recent home performances have shown us anything, it's probably going to be a tight one, maybe not a comfortable one, uh, unfortunately. But um, it is what it is. We'll see. We'll see what the treble treble winners are made of. Yeah, true. Um, and I think that plays a part in it as well. You're listing the, the factors before, Pep Guardiola team, Luton's first se- uh, season in the Premier League, City the European champions as well, and that puts the target on anybody's back. And um, I think, you know, one of my issues, sort of overriding issues with the season so far, has been subconscious complacency. And I don't necessarily mean that the players are going out there and they're not sort of asked about it at all. But I just think, given the physical and mental toll and fatigue on these players bodies and minds that you know going away to Aston Villa City to use a, a really dodgy metaphor City went there with the the, the trousers unbuttoned and the, beckle, uh, the, the the belt buckle undone after eating a meal and, and sort of being full up Aston Villa were hungry and that's what I'm getting at you know it's easy for Aston Villa to get up to that game it's not as easy for City given what they've just had in the last sort of few months that will be the same on Sunday against Luton. Um, I'll read this out then, Ollie, from uh, esteemed company, Stephen McInerney. I want nothing more than a crushingly oppressive control fest from Man City against Luton. Pass until Luton fall asleep and, and, and City score one, then pass the ball until it's full time. City win 1 0. Pass, pass, pass. Is that the way to beat Luton, do you think? It might, it might be. I don't think it's. I don't think the game is going to be anything like that. I really don't. I, I can't see. <laughs> oh, no, not another one. Not another one. I, I can't. I cannot see a world in which that happens. And you know, maybe it's just the Barclays script writers wanting to deliver up another classic. But um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I can't see a world in which this is a quiet, boring game where everyone on the time, everyone on the timeline is going, "Oh, City are being boring again." Where it's just. Where they stroll it, I just I don't think City are going to be winning games like that, you know, for for a for a, for, a, for a little while longer, um, because then because then we'll all turn around and go, well, where was that against Liverpool? Where was that against Spurs? Where was that against Chelsea? Because you because we could have played like that mm. against them and we didn't, um, you know. And yes, Luton are an easier opponent, but you know the the intangible factors around this game, the crowd being away, you know, the run we've just come off, yeah, this all points to me to be another kind of where one side loses the heads and that's what determines it at the end of the day. And um, I, th- I think City are going to have to show a step up. They're going to have to, you know, be, be the side that doesn't lose their heads. But if it's, I don't, I'm not expecting a control fest at all. You know, I think, I think we'll see Rodri, obviously Rodri's going to come back in, obviously Grealish is going to come back in and that points towards that. But, um, you know, you're still looking at, you know, definitely Foden playing, definitely Haaland playing, most likely Julian Alvarez is going to play this one as well. Um, which is as much as I think we can all kind of suggest that he, that that he of all players in this team needs time on the bench because his performances are dipping. He's and he's come off you know a blockbuster two three years really where he's mm-hmm. been playing nonstop. You know the way the Argentine season goes is it runs all year and then you immediately back into it and then he got his move to City and then he had the World Cup where he was you know World Cup winner starting striker for Argentina and then he had a treble win and then he had six weeks six weeks this summer and then he's back at it again um, and he's got a Copper America next summer you know that I don't you know we've got to find time to rest him but I don't think we can with the options we have available you know yes getting Kovacic and Nunes back is massive. Um, but I don't think they particularly add any sort of real control 
you know, kind of death by a thousand passes either because they're ball carrying midfielders. They want to they want to dribble with the ball at their feet and make the final pass, not make the pass three or four before the final pass. Um, if anyone can keep up with what I've just said, there, good luck to them. But you know, it, <laughs> I, I just I I cannot see this game being you know under two go- un, under two goals aside here really because I don't I think mm. City are, they they're not they're not defensively frail players, but they're playing you know they play with fire every game they're taking more risks defensively and it's causing problems um you know Kyle Walker has been off at the last few games you know the center backs one by one are taking turns to have a shit game and one has a good game then one has a shit game you know Josco Guardiol hasn't really looked comfortable 1v1 at all and you know Luton are going to come out as 1v1 on the counter attack every time they they they'll have spotted that weakness in their analysis and they'll target him if he plays which I think is all the more important reason to get Ake back in the team as soon as possible. Um, it's amazing how little football he's played in the last few games. In these big, big games where Pepper's always trusted him, he's gone for Gradiol, which just, you know, some, some of these decisions fall on the manager as well. You know, what, why, why has he picked Doku in games like versus United and, you know, so, and versus Chelsea? Why hasn't Jack Grealish played more? Why hasn't Ake played more? Um, but yeah. It's, it's not. It's not mm. going to be a control first. I think you're kidding yourself if, if you if you think this is going to be a simple one nil for City. It's not. It's absolutely not. One nil for City confirmed. Everybody. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> I guess. I guess we'll start. I guess we'll start to wrap up because we had a, an extended episode yesterday. So if you like again another plug for it. If you haven't, go back and listen to. It. I think it was forty minutes long or something like that. But um, Alex, quick question. Um, I know this is sort of a, a loose term in, in some aspects, but it, in its, if we can sort of strip it to its truest meaning, is Sunday a must-win for City against Luton? Um, I mean, I don't think any game in the first half of the season is must-win, but it's they're going to give themselves a lot of work to do if they don't win it. So, yeah sort of sitting on the fence but kind of yeah <laughs> I mean yeah. if they went nine points behind Arsenal yes there's still you know like six five six months after the season but um, obviously then you would be relying on Arsenal to have a similar mm. sort of mini implosion like they did last season towards the end um, which you know and, and and now there is more teams in the race you know you'd be relying on Liverpool to have a, a dip as well um, which is entirely possible, but I think I won't, I won't go as far as saying it. City have to win or they're out of the title race because, as Ollie said earlier, um, you can't rule City out of the title race and, until it's impossible. I don't think. Um, so yeah, but it would it would be pretty bad if they lose. I think. Yeah, I, I, um, I always feel like six points, seven points is basically a week in football. That's two results go your way. You win both of the games. That's, you know, suddenly the points difference is, is either halved or over halved or even cut completely. You're getting towards nine, you're getting towards 10, you're getting towards 11. That's sort of three weeks in football um, in some cases. Ollie, quickly, is it is it a must win for you? Do you think if City don't win on Sunday, then we go back to this sort of crisis chart we're stripping it back or do you think like, like you said before you know it is it is a case of maybe getting towards january february assessing it then this is just a bad this is just a bad patch for city i, I think if if you know city do lose tomorrow then you can write it off as a bad patch but i think for the players and their own kind of personal emotions it's must win you know they they mm. need they need a win to get their confidence back up you know the the thought that pep guardiola as manchester city have gone four premier league games without a win is almost unthinkable. If they make it, if if it goes to five, then 
it just looks horrendous. The Pep moon out. in the building. Pep out. Get him sacked. Well, you, well, you, you never, you never know what takes you're going to see after a, you know, a city, a city loss or draw. Um, but I think, I think the mood in the building will be absolutely horrific if they don't manage to beat Lou in a way. You know, they've got to do it for themselves more than anything. It's not, not so much about the title race, especially at this time of the season. It's more about themselves. If they, can, if they can come back in on the, on the Monday having won, having, you know, started a new streak, you know, or, you know, just get, have some confidence back, boost them around a bit. I think that'll do wonders, especially going into, you know, games like Crystal Palace at home and, you know, Everton coming up. These are, th- these look like easy games on paper, but, you know, we know what City are like. We know, we know what City are like. They're going to, they'll go 2-0 down at Palace and have to, you know, pull out a comeback. Sean Dyke will park the bus for 85 minutes and try and beat us on the counter. You know, it's just the way that things go with City. But yeah, it's must win for themselves, but it's not must win for the title race yet. Yeah, I think that's a, a totally fair assessment. Um, not much team talk from us. I think, you know, it's a case of put 11 players out there and hope they get the job done. But do let us know what your predicted lineups will be for the Luton game at City Report at City Report Pod on our social media. But guys, that is the end of another fantastic week. Thank you very much for listening. A big thank you to Alex and Ollie. Until next time, though, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.